Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. Hi, Kathy. Good morning to you. I'm not sure if you picked that up. Good morning to our listeners. Yes, I can hear you loud and clear, Brian. And I understand you are in Cape Town. So you and I actually, the furthest we've ever been from each other. You're all the way Terrible. in Cape Town. But I'm telling you, you've got, to stand, you've got to stand it to set now because Babelwa is looking after me very well. And that means when I come back to Johannesburg, I expect the same sort of treatment. Oh, really? I wonder what it is. Did, did you get tea and biscuits when you arrived tea in the studio? Tea and biscuits and milkshakes oh, no. and, and donuts, the lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm on an austerity budget, please, Brian. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, thanks, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm applying all your tips and tricks, so no no tea and biscuits from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, Brian, today we're going to be talking about a financial plan, right? And what we need. What are the components of a well structured financial plan? Well, you know, every week people phone me and say, "Where does a financial plan fit into your estate plan, your tax plan, your investment plan?" And I said, you know, the components of a well-structured financial plan are there for two reasons. One, to give you what I call peace of mind solutions in the event of premature death of the breadwinner. Um, and two, to ensure that if the breadwinner gets disabled, there's the, the, your whole medical component. And what is that? And then when the journey comes to an end, when you start to reach the end of your working years, one of the objectives is to try and create some financial freedom over and above a state pension or being supported by your family. So it's everything in between the start of your financial planning, protection, and the end of your financial planning. And it's all about relative wealth because you can't compare one person's wealth to another person's wealth. It's you know just so very, very different. So when we talk relative wealth, what we're really explaining is relative to you. What do you need in terms of your situation? Now, the, the components of a financial plan, and I often get people who always apologize to me for their lack of knowledge regarding the financial industry and the implications it may have on their future and their family. But the first principle is the financial, financial knowledge and understanding. People need to understand what they're trying to achieve. If you're buying life insurance, you need to understand why you're buying life insurance. If you're making investments, you need to understand these are long-term, and I need to understand markets are going to go up and down, not necessarily because of South Africa, because of global events. I mean, if we look at global events at the moment with the war in Ukraine, with high interest rates in America, with inflation, and also the increase in oil prices, you can see to yourself that there's a lot there's a lot outside. So the first thing is, before you do anything, make sure you understand what you're doing. Get knowledge that empowers you. The second principle is what I spoke about, premature death. Dying too young and leaving your family unprotected. And I've spoken about this on numerous occasions. That's where life insurance plays a role. And life insurance is comp- divided into three components. One, cover all your debt. That's easy enough to calculate. Two, Calculate how much life cover you'll need to put away to educate your children. Nothing more, nothing better than we can do than educate our children. And then it's all about how much money will the family need if I'm not around now. How much will we need to survive and to pay the bills of life? So there are three different components. But the first, the second principle is premature death. 
The third principle is when you start working, as soon as you can, start saving for retirement, however long and away it seems. I mean, a 25-year-old who's been out of school seven or eight years, now you're talking to them eight, 65, 40 years' time, you're talking virtually five times the amount of time that they've been out of school expecting them to understand what retirement is. But it's very important that right from day one you start saving for retirement so that you know one day when you are looking for that financial freedom, you've built up some cash and some benef- some um, funds to provide you with that income. The next principle is the principle of what I call the living death. And the living death is all about health. So your medical aid will pay for your, your everything that you may need in hospital, whether it be a medical aid, whether it be a hospital plan. Then you've got to say to yourself, if I'm off for a period of time, uh, what about disability? How will I earn an income when I'm off? Will, will, how long will my company employ me for if I'm disabled? What are the disability rules? And remember, there's a big difference between permanent disability and temporary disability. Many people do not go, even more people are temporarily disabled by be, being involved in accidents or even having one of the dreaded diseases. But that, that's an important component, having disability. And there's different types of um, disabilities. There's disability from your own occupation, where you can identify your own occupation. I mean, a surgeon can, or a doctor can say, I'm a doctor. A vet can say, which one am I? Am, am I a vet with small animals or large animals? So you can identify your occupation. The second is own or similar, where a similar occupation exists to the, your own occupation. Ex- example, uh, a doctor who gets disabled but can become a le- lecturer at university or a professor uh, doesn't necessarily mean the owner, uh, the, um, that they're disabled simply because disabled, also a very big component, is your right to earn income. And if your income is going to stay constant, then you're not disabled. But disability is an important part. And then dreaded disease, you know, today, heart attacks, strength, cancer, all those type of things. Then I think what's also important is double-income families. Today in South Africa, most families today, both the husband and the wife work. So both individuals need their own financial plans. They can do it simultaneously in discussion with their partner, but they need that independence. You know, one in three marriages are ending in divorce. So you certainly want to have your own financial plans. And even if, you, even if you're the mother at home bringing up children, you know, a life for um, for a partner can change very dramatically if that home you, home um, maker dies. Then you've got to start worrying about who's going to look after the children. Are you going to need guardians? Are parents going to cope? What exactly is going to happen there? And then also understanding the difference between growth versus income, which I've spoken about for numerous occasions. Growth is long-term. Income, you want certainty and security. Then understand your risk when you certainly are looking for growth. Always diversify. Don't have all your eggs in one basket. Have your assets diversified between the different asset classes, equity, property, bonds, and cash. And then further diversification is local and global. And finally, to retain your wealth, understand when you get to a certain age, even at age 60, you can't say, well, now I've reached the end of my goal. I've now got to be very very careful simply because we are all living a lot longer than 60. And you could find that you're living 30 years after retirement so you've got to still be looking for growth that makes up a financial plan and any financial planner who sits with you however small or large you may think you are you're entitled to a financial plan which is the planning if you go on any trip i'm here in cape town now uh, to plan how i was going to get to cape town to the studio it's that roadmap to eventually protecting your families and providing you with that financial freedom
Mm. Brian, thanks. Thank you so much for that breakdown. I think it's quite a co- comprehensive breakdown of what we need, the structure for a financial plan. I've got a couple of questions for you. Of course, I'll also be taking uh, your questions for Brian as our listeners on 011-714-2006. If there's anything specifically you want to ask Brian about about on these components of, fin- of a financial plan, on the WhatsApp line, 0614-104-107. So 0614-104-107. That's the WhatsApp line where you can send us your voice notes and messages. So, so Brian, just looking at the breakdown that you have given us, right? Are there items on this list that are more of a priority than others? So... Yep. And, and and how can we differentiate? So what do we put on the top of the list? Uh, top of the and list what, is if you're, yeah. if, you, if you're a married person and you have children, the top of your list is have you got enough life cover to, in the event of your death to protect your families. The second is health care, and it's mm-hmm. not only your medical aid or hospital plan, it's also disability. Uh, will you, if you get sick and disabled and you can't work either temporarily or permanently, what is your situation? Because the bills of life build up. The third is double income families. Make sure if you're a double income family, both of you have plans. Because you can't have two of you working until retirement with only one having a pension or one having savings. You're certainly not going to have enough. And the fourth component is start as soon as you can saving for retirement. Put about 10 to 15% away. As you get older, you're going to have to put a lot more. And someone who hasn't made retirement plans, by the time they get to age 50, they just won't have enough. But better to do something than to do nothing. Because if you do nothing, you will have nothing. And at least if you've done something, there will be some monies. And then lastly is get yourself a financial advisor. Um, there are many registered. All financial planners have to be um, registered under phase, the Financial and Advisor and Services Act. And also uh, the banks have got financial planners. They have to give you appropriate advice. They're independent, most of the banks, and, and then just have a look at what you're that, – that's the most important part. Brian, what we're going to do is that we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll continue with this conversation. We'll also be taking your calls for Brian after this. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Talking finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. All right, we continue the conversation with uh, Brian Hirsch. We're looking at the components of a well-structured financial plan. And Brian has already outlined what that looks like and also set out perhaps a priority list of sort uh, when you're looking at those different components. Brian, I want us just to look quickly at this the the, the need for individual financial plans, especially for people who are in you know marriages long-term relationships etc etc how would you advise that people go about doing this because i can imagine conversations where if you're talking about an individual financial plan it looks like you're not maybe acting in the interests of the family unit now what i've said was if the couple know everything about each other i mean in many Mm. many relationships where not everything is known but if they're married and they know everything about each other I still believe they should have their own financial plan, but they could do it in tandem together. Because you want to know, you know, I've found in my years, unfortunately, having been in this industry so long, that 
on the death of a, of a, of a breadwinner, the actual spouse goes through very two emotions. The first is grief, and that is the loss of the partner. And the second is guilt, and you ask, may ask why guilt? Because they've explained to me that at the time of that grief, they're thinking about money, and they're feeling very guilty about it. But they don't know who's going to pay the bond, who's going to pay school fees, how mm -hmm. they're going to live from month to month, who's going to carry on paying uh, the lease on the motor car and all those type of things. So why I'm saying you could do it in tandem, so each of you know each other's budgets, you know what you're putting away, you know what that's likely, if, if something happened to spouse A or spouse B, what actually happens in to each other. Uh, do you need, hum I mean, the breadwinner spouse certainly needs a lot more life cover because that's the, 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 the spouse who's going to cover mostly school fees and um, debt and living. Um, and then, but so you can do it in tandem. But if you don't have confidence in the, the person you may be with and there's still a lot of unknowns, then you need to do it separately. And as soon as it, there's all these unknowns, often it means maybe the, couples won't, the couple won't stay together for the rest of their lives. Uh, and as I said, one in three marriages in South Africa end in divorce. So I'm talking about individual plan for each person, but you can do it in tandem with your partner if there's that trust between you and you know mm -hmm. everything about each other. I've got this question here, Brian, specifically on the issue of life cover. And it asks, is it possible to request a reduction in premiums of a life cover uh, that one has had since one's teens, like 1996? It's a long time ago. Uh, and this listener says they've never skipped a payment and are fully vaccinated. Okay. Well, I know some companies have come up with arrangements where the vaccination would give, if you're not vaccinated, you pay a slightly higher premium. Remember, at a, at a young age, you may have had a policy where you were smoking and you may be paying smokers' rates. And if you're no longer smoking, you'll get very big discounts. In that 25-year period, there have been a lot of changes in the industry from policies that have provided life cover and provided savings. And today, most life policies are there to provide protection in the event of death and you do your savings separately. So the, 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 the individual is asking the question, you need to get hold of a broker. You are a lot older. So understand, mm -hmm. 25 years older, you're going to pay more because life insurance works on your age next birthday. And as you get older, it costs you more. But you can have a look to see what's available in the marketplace. What a lot of people have done, they've got policies with savings accounts. They've actually withdrawn their savings accounts and then just bought life insurance. Uh, and, and they've actually come out a lot better. But never cancel a policy with a company or do anything until you've replaced that cover. And then, depending on your health, you, you could see what cover you now need. And if you've got a policy, I've got a client at the moment who phoned me yesterday. He's got a policy of $13 million. He doesn't need all that cover any longer. But he's got no disability and he's got no dreaded disease. So what he wants to do is reduce his policy and add to that policy dreaded disease and disability. So there's a lot of mixing and matching that you can do uh, to put to that particular uh, the caller who's uh, asked the question. All right. Let me go to Cape Town. Colin, good morning. Colin, I'm convinced that this is your favorite slot. Am I right or <coughs> am I right? <laughs> yeah, I like to listen to finance and things like that. I'm a pensioner now, but I'm all right now. <laughs> all right, Colin, and go I, for I, it. I, I like Brian's advice. Brian, I want to ask you a question. You were talking about disability. You know, in the 80s, I was a shop steward. 
and one of the workers lost his hand, well, actually his forearm right down to his hand, just under his elbow. And uh, this is, of course, on the old railways. And they offered him, I can't remember, some, a payout sum of, I think, about 10000 or something like that. And me being a shop steward, and I advised him, I said, look, think carefully, 10000 is a lot in the 80s, you know. But if you take a, a, a payment every month, you've got about 35 years to go. 30 years or so, you've got to go for pension. If you take a, a, a payment of, say, 60, 70, 80 rand onto your salary, and then each year you get an increment, it goes up. And you know, he went on pension about seven years ago, this guy, an old friend of mine. We became big friends, but he worked in my same department. And he said to me, you know, he, he called me Wally. He said to me, Wally, you know, I'm so glad you advised me not to take that 10,000 rand. I've got a payment since the accident till even now, right up to now. Three, four times more than that 10,000 rand. So I was just thinking if anybody gets a, a disability on, 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 the, on the job, to think very carefully, because I like to dangle that carrot of 6,000, 10,000. Am I right by saying, rather, think about it. If you don't need the money, don't take it. But, I mean, you'll gain in the long run. So, for about years, you was getting a, a, a monthly payment, which was much, much more than whatever you would have got, that 10,000. So it's just a bit of advice, you know, I was thinking when, mm. you, when you spoke about disability. So I don't know if I gave him the right advice. Or well, I think you certainly did, Colin. I mean, he, he thanked you and you proved it. Look, understand, money is not the issue. And even at retirement, people tell me I'm going to have a million or two million rand. It's, it's, it, it doesn't mean much until you correlate and you work out what is that going to provide you with income. So let me tell you, with a million rand today, sounds a lot of money, at retirement today, it's going to give you around about five, five and a half thousand rand a month. And that's often not livable. It's not a living wage. So what I'm saying is you need to do those calculations. But some companies pay, pay cap, some disability is what we call a capital disability. It's a payment on the, in the event of permanent disability. Others an income. Income disability costs more because you're insuring your monthly income, but it's a far more sophisticated and depending on your occupation, depending that you can actually show. I've got another client who spoke to me about two weeks ago and he says he's no longer, he was very much involved in the healthcare industry. He's no longer involved. He's now consulting. What will his definition of disability be? And he won't get paid out because he doesn't right now. His new type of occupation is very difficult to prove compared to someone who's in the more specific occupation. So you've got to think carefully, but don't don't disregard disability. It's a capital disability means what Colin was talking about. A capital payout is a lot less than an income disability. It's just part of that component. Thanks very so much. Yeah, thanks for that, Colin. So, Brian, what does it need? I mean, Thank does it you. require us to be paying closer attention, perhaps even to, uh, you know, what's in those terms and conditions for our own life cover? Is this a conversation that we must be having with employers? No, well, you, first, you need to understand under your pension fund what uh, what disability benefits are there. Is it an income disability? Should you not be able? If you should we, if you go off for six months, what is the disability policy of the company? Then you need to understand 
if we come back to work or how, and, and, uh, and I'm partially disabled or I'm permanently disabled, what is the employer under your pension fund going to do? And then based on what you get from your company under your fund, you need to make your own determination together with your financial planning. But when you talk to your financial planner and you talk about life cover, you need to include disability, you need to include health care, you need to include retirement and those components. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking uh, of, of everything that you mentioned and the extent to which so much of it actually sounds like such a luxury, Brian, in, especially in, in the time that we're, we're living in. Kathy, it's not a, you know, it's, it's an essential. I mean, you've got to protect your family. If you've got young children mm-hmm. and something happens to you, you know, I don't think, you know, Winston Churchill, as you know, this famous statesman, always said you should write the word insurance on the, d- on the top of your doorway so to remind you of the importance of your responsibility to your family. So you can buy, a young person can buy life insurance so e- with, with 100 rand. You could probably buy 150 rand. A young 25-year-old can probably buy a million rands worth of life cover. So it's all, it all depends on age, but it's just an important component of that financial plan. Next week, I'm going to be talking again about the lifestyle, for particularly for those elderly people who now may start, may start be worrying about their future. Do they have all their documents in place? What makes up a lifestyle? And certainly a financial plan is part of that life file. All right, Brian, we're going to take the latest 10.30 news headlines and we'll continue with you on the other side of this. Of course, I'll also take your calls, 11 Luanda, good morning. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. Kathy Mosasana on SAFM. A very good morning to you, Sis Kathy. Kazamola Kwasa from Pretoria, Sochangov. I'm currently living with a permanent disability. I'm visually impaired. I really like to thank Brian Hesh for this extreme, expensive conversation. I've learned so much. Thank you so much, Sis Kathy. Keep on doing the great job. I'm currently in my office right now. Thank you, Pretoria. All right. Thank you for that WhatsApp voice note. I'm glad that uh, you are enjoying the content and the conversation. We continue talking finance uh, with Brian Hirsch. So let me take you to Eastern Cape. Uh, Liabuya, you're calling us from there. Good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, uh, Brian. Good morning, Liabuya. Yes. Uh, Brian, my question is, is a funeral plan as a product, a good product at all. What is your advice on that? Thank you for that. Look, there, there are lots of different funeral plans. And again, like anything else, one needs to understand what you're covered for, how many me- members of your family are covered for, what you're paying. But I think it's an essential plan. Life insurance takes time to pay out. When On the death of uh, a spouse, on the death, you've got to wind up the estate. And sometimes, you know, that means bank accounts get frozen and the one other spouse should not, may not have money in their account. I always like to see that both spouses have a little bit of money just to see them through while the master provides what they call um, appointment as executor or executorship, executrix. So coming to say to you, yes, a, a funeral plan pays out immediately. It pays within two to three days. 
You know, in the South African tradition, funerals are a very big, big component and a very important way of saying goodbye to someone. And a funeral can cost anything from 30 to 100,000 rand, depending on how big the funeral is and how many people are coming and what sort of food you're providing for. So I think a funeral plan is essential. And when all, all I'd like to say, when you have a funeral plan, when you take out the funeral plan, please give the company all the documentation, your ID, everything about you, so that when it comes to paying it, they've got the only documents they may be waiting for now is the death certificate to pay out the money and I think I think a funeral plan does play a part in a financial plan and I think I was a bit remiss in leaving that out and in future I will include that component being the funeral plan thank you for that I get okay thanks, yes, thanks, yes. thanks. you know uh, now I've got a follow-up comment the question was is it a good product my analysis you'll correct me if I'm wrong uh, my analysis is the worst, worst product that uh, they've developed. I'll tell you briefly my reason. You don't touch on it and said uh, the funeral in this country is a big thing and there's culture involved with it. Mainly black, like myself, who actually have that. But a funeral plan, um, my understanding, the maximum is 100,000 that you can take on a funeral plan. Not more than that. Now, if you're looking at um, creating legacy and making sure that the kids go to school after their parents or pregnant die, a funeral plan is the worst product for two reasons. If that's my take, you correct me, Sabo. Two reasons. The probability, obviously, of dying if you're 30 and you take a funeral plan or you're 20. I mean, yes, you will die, but the amount of money that you're paying versus the amount of money that you're actually getting out, it's absolutely nothing. You actually remain poor, and the next generation remains poor. Mm. And uh. if if you look at it, people have to go and take three or four funeral plans just to get to that hundred thousand that mm. guy is talking about. The people who have made billions of friends, it's all these insurance companies. For example, the banking sector in this country, before 1994, never used to sell a funeral plan. I know that for a fact. After 1994, 95, 96, they started funeral, uh, selling funeral plans to the middle, or because of the advent of the middle, what, middle class or something like that. But billions of friends have been made, and they've All profited right. on something that doesn't help the society going forward. Mm-hmm. So that's my take. Is that the correct statement or wrong? Okay. That's fine. Thank you so much for that. We'll have to leave it there because I know Brian, you also have to go soon, but uh, you can go ahead and answer Leaboya's question. Very simply, a funeral plan is not there to protect the family into the future. A funeral plan is there to pay for the funeral. And I can tell you right now, I ran many funeral plans in the 80s and 90s, and every year the insurance company needed an increase in premium because the claims were greater than the premium. And so when you say a funeral plan doesn't pay out, every single funeral that's there, if you're lucky enough to your family, lucky enough that you did take out some funeral plan, it does cover the cost. I'm not saying it replaces anything. Uh, it's there for a prevent. You ensure your motor car in the event of accident. You ensure your, your, your funeral in, in the event of death. So I, I don't agree that it's not a bad plan. It is a good plan. If you can do it through your company in a group basis 
where the company provides all employees, it's going to be a lot lower because you've got more, you're not, not just you in individually being in, underwritten, it's the grouping underwritten and therefore the premiums are low. So to anyone who's part of a company, speak to your employer about in, in, uh, creating a funeral plan, but I don't agree that a funeral plan is a, it's not there to provide for anything I've been talking about this morning, providing for income for your family, providing for education, providing for debt. It's there to cover and most people struggle. They go and borrow from all different people to pay for the funeral. It's a good mm. way of covering that particular eventuality, as all sad right. as it may be. Yeah. All right, Brian, uh, I know you have to go, so we'll yep. leave it there for this morning. Maybe just your details quickly before you yep. say goodbye. 11 880 Please, you must let me know where you're phoning from, because again this week I found quite a few people back, could not get hold of them, didn't know where they were, couldn't pass your number on. Kathy, I'm looking forward to donuts and everything that they've offered me here in Cape Town. I look forward to it next Tuesday in Johannesburg. No pressure, Brian. No, no pressure. pressure. No pressure. Now, ne- next week I'll need to stop by the bakery before Brian Hirsch comes onto okay. the show. All right, Brian. Enjoy the rest of your no, week. Have a good week. Bye. Thank, thank you again uh, for that information and uh, yeah, the breakdown that he's giving us in terms of the components of a financial plan. After this, we are talking to a South African who's been honored by the French government for her role in deepening cultural ties. Caroline Stain will be joining us shortly.